Welcome back to Tevating Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our Tony-winning national treasure, Aaron Tevate. My name's Elizabeth, and this week's episode is in honor of our favorite rapscallion, Danny Bailey, from Schmigadoon Season 1. This past week, Cinco Paul released a statement that Schmigadoon had been canceled by Apple TV+, and there would be no Season 3, and the statement revealed that the show had already been written and there were 25 new songs. This was just such disappointing news. I mean, probably the last news we were expecting to get <laughs> last week. And the show itself was just so unique and really able to honor musical theater and its different eras in its own way. And back in November, during his concert at the Bushnell in Connecticut, Aaron talked to his audience about the possibilities of Schmigadoon season three. It's not announced yet, so you guys just keep this quiet. But um, <laughs> between just us couple of friends here, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a season three. Yeah! I'm definitely not allowed to say that. <laughs> also, I'm on strike, so I definitely can't say that. Um, but, um, but, but I think there's a good chance. I think there's a good chance. <laughs> But I'm not saying what it's going to be, okay? What is it? Schmidt. 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 is like, we got like three more seasons before we get to Schmidt, right? We can do Les Schmizeroms. We can do Schmidt. 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 I don't know how that one works. He really was just so excited to talk about it and really seemed to believe that the show would have the green light for season three. I mean, hopefully the show is able to get picked up by another streaming service so that Schmigadoon can live on for many seasons to come. So I play Danny Bailey, and Danny, uh, as described by others, is kind of the town rap scallion. I'm a bit of an outsider. As you can see, they, I'm, I'm dressed a little bit more neutrally than everyone's uh, bright floral color palette. I kind of run a carnival. I'm maybe not, not the best guy. I may take a bit of advantage of people around me. And so, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a bit of an outsider in town, which, uh, which, I, which I think is a very lonely life. You know, I think Danny's a lonely guy. And of course, when he meets Melissa, you know, he, he meets someone who's very, very different than the people that he's used to meeting. Now it's time to enjoy the Season one of Schmigadoon honored the 1940s musicals, very Rodgers and Hammerstein, very MGM, all of the characters in the little town of Schmigadoon. They were so one-dimensional, which like really added to the comedic effect that Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key brought to the show, being like they were not in the musicals and they were able to really let their comedic genius shine as like the outsiders coming into this little world and this little town. And in Schmigadoon, Aaron's character, Danny Bailey, he runs the carnival. He's partnered up with Cecily Strong for most of his scenes. And Real quick, speaking of scenes, the biggest complaint about season one is 
there's just not enough Danny Bailey scenes or songs. Like, I know he can't be the main character in everything he does, but more of him would have been appreciated. Anyway, Danny Bailey's first big number is You Can't Tame Me, and he starts it by asking Cecily's character, Melissa, if she is trying to get him to fall for her, and asks her why all those crazy thoughts like that keep running through his head, and that then kicks off You Can't Tame Me, and Aaron has a big dance number in that song. And in a press interview with Heat World, Aaron was asked about what it was like to learn all of that choreography, and Here's what Mr. I'm not a dancer had to say. But I still wouldn't know what was a day in the life like. Was it still challenging picking up all of that choreography and learning the songs, learning the counts? Yeah, I think the thing that I was, I, I had I had some rehearsal one-on-one -on -one with our choreographer and that was the thing I really needed to lean into was, uh, you know, the music and the song, I mean, the music and the scenes, that was, you know, that, 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 that came a little quicker. But for me, the choreography is the thing that I'm glad that I was able to, uh, to drill one-on-one -on -one with, with Chris, our choreographer, you know, so I was able to kind of be ready for the day we shot it because, you know, it, it, had, it had to be on film and I had to get it right. I mean, I'd like to believe now that Aaron has more confidence in his abilities as a dancer, being that every dance number he has encountered in his various projects, he has knocked out of the park. But I'm sure he'd be too humble to ever admit that he knows he's good. Now, the thing about Schmigadoon is there really is no other show like it. It has this magical way, like I said earlier, of honoring and paying respect to musicals, but in that funny parody way. But Cinco is so careful that like, the parodies aren't like the full-blown making fun of. Like, it's poking fun, but not making fun. And Aaron has shared in interviews that when he received the script for his audition, he knew right away what Cinco was trying to do, and he recognized the carousel elements of his scenes. And he also admitted that while he thought the idea was so clever, he really wasn't sure it would work. Could you see the brilliance of this? I have to say, I saw it right when I got the script. Uh, I was sent, you know, kind of the description of what it was and you know I knew who you know like Cecily and Keegan were kind of leading the ship together which I was you know thrilled by I'm such huge fans of, of theirs and it, immediately I saw kind of what they were trying to do and how they were trying to you know pay homage and you know honor these golden age musicals. What was super appealing about it to you seeing this character Danny knowing that it was kind of a riff on yes. the carousels of the world yeah um, what, what made you want to sign on what excited you about it? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I've, I've always been, you know, I've, I've always wanted to play Billy Bigelow, right? So I'm really getting to live my, my Billy Bigelow dreams a bit. But you know, I was fascinated when I got this material because I was only sent a couple sides, right? A couple scenes because it was, you know, under lock and key as, as, <laughs> as they are. But I read it and I said, you know, kind of halfway through the first scene, I said, you know, this really becomes the bench scene in carousel and i'm like that's curious and then just knowing that cecily and keegan were attached and kind of getting a little bit of clips from a couple uh musical pieces i i just said you know i think i emailed her called my manager and i said i think this is what they're trying to do i think they're trying to kind of use these takes on these classic musicals but all set against these two very contemporary sarcastic comics right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i said that to me was so fascinating because that's the thing that i'd i'd never been aware of or seen done before right it's almost like 
And then when you watch the show, Keegan especially, the fact that Keegan doesn't, you know, he kind of fights tooth and nail to be involved in the musical. Mm -hmm. But as a weird thing, I think he becomes the audience's eyes into this world. And that thing that, you know, not when you're a fan of musical theater, but I think for the general public who may not be as well versed in musical theater, whenever there's a musical, there's always like a bit of a, they're singing now, right? right? But I think because Keegan operates as that, it's not as apparent in this in a weird way. So anyway, mm -hmm. that's a lo long version to say, when I got the material, I just said, oh, they're trying to do this. That's hilarious. I don't know if it's gonna be successful, but what a great thing to try, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I just kind of immediately leaned all the way into um, the carousel upness of it. And in fact, you know, I've, I've told this story a couple times. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily supposed to sing in my audition. And but mm. at the end of that first scene, I just ad libbed right into If I Loved You, like a little snip of the song Carousel. Yeah. You know, I like to go big or go home when I audition for <laughs> stuff. So, you know, that was either going to totally crash and burn or they were going to say, no, that's what we're trying to do. And luckily for this, and I found out afterwards from Cinco, that was exactly what they were trying to do. And I think yeah. that, you know, he told me that that showed them that I knew what 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 this was. So, yeah, yeah, you understood the assignment. That's yeah, great. exactly, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, the, so I, the, you know, I, I've I've crashed and burned on a number of them when I've done that, but this yeah. one I this one worked out. Yeah. So so you have gone big or gone home, and then yeah. ended up going home. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It happens to the it, best of us. Happens. People to say that was that is not it, and I say, okay, well, uh, <laughs> good to know now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure they exist and will never see the light of day, but I would love the chance to see Aaron's Schmigadoon audition. But more importantly, I'd like to see the reactions of the others in the room to him just going into If I Loved You after his scene. He talked about this audition again at his concert at the Bushnell and he joked about how his manager did the manager thing and told him not to sing. And he was like, yeah, okay. And he just went with his gut and I mean, it paid off. Aaron's really no stranger to performing under different circumstances. He has had opportunities to perform on Broadway stages, on TV shows, in the movies, and Schmigadoon was like a combination of all of them. He was still performing, but at times he would have multiple takes on a singular scene, unlike when he's on the Broadway stage and he performs the song once that night for the show and moves on. So in another interview, Aaron was asked about the demands of performing for film versus on stage. Does doing a musical TV series come with the same sort of demand? Uh, it comes, it's demanding, but in a different way. You know, I mean, I think for doing, you know, musical on television or musical film, the kind of the demand, the demand becomes kind of doing it over and over again, right? You kind of, you know, take after take and, you know, singing that way. instead of like, a, you know, in the show at night, you do each song once and you move to the play and you have to do it eight times a week. But this you might have to do, you know, 10, 10 takes of a shot or something like that. So it's, it's demanding, but in a, in a bit of a different way. One of my favorite interviews that Aaron participated in about season one was actually from an Instagram live with Backstage, which is where that previous clip about his audition was from. The interviewer asked him really good questions, and one of them was about whether or not Aaron found the music from the 40s in Schmigadoon challenging for his voice when he's been used to performing more contemporary pop music. 
is this kind of music, this style of music, obviously it's newly written for the show in the stylings of Roger Stern, Hammerstein and whatnot. Yeah. Um, is it a unique challenge in, in your voice to, to be singing this way? Has it, is it a refreshing challenge? It, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great, that's a wonderful question. And um, yeah, I think a refreshing challenge is, the, is probably the best way to put it, just as you said. You know, I, a lot of contemporary musical theater is like very high pop rock belting and kind of you know singing loudly and, and as high as possible right mm -hmm. and, uh, you know that's that's all well and great and very fun and you know i've i've been very fortunate to kind of make my navigate my way through that but at but at the core i've you know i i came into singing as a classical voice major you know i studied mm -hmm. i studied classical voice in a music school for a year before i switched to acting and i kind of um i i that's the that's the type more, much more the type of singing that I actually trained to do, which was more more classical voice. So interesting, yeah. So I've you know so getting to tap into kind of that uh, background a little bit in a way that I've not got to do professionally before. Yeah, so it was a really refreshing, but challenge because again I'm not as uh, I haven't been singing that way for for a very long time. Right, so kind of right, right. Get back in, but I definitely had a couple. You know, I. I have a wonderful voice teacher that I worked with and we, you know, we, we zoom, we had some zoom voice lessons while I was quarantining in, in Vancouver, but uh, no, I definitely uh, had to, had to re-tap into that part of, part of my training. It's so special to have access to and be able to see Aaron take on so many different projects and styles of projects and see the range of his acting and his voice and tying it back into Rogers and Hammerstein this past December, he, just performed at the 80th anniversary concert in London and got to show off his range again while he took on songs like Soliloquy. And while he didn't have many scenes, Danny Bailey was still an integral part of the town of Schmigadoon, and he ends the season by sharing with the town that he wants to change his ways. He no longer wants to be a rapscallion, and he goes on to admit that there really is not a way to win the ring toss. Luckily, there is Schmigadoon Season 2, and Cinco understood the assignment of giving us more of our national treasure, and he gifted us with Topher, who will be the topic of the next podcast episode. Until then, it's time to rewatch Aaron's You Can't Tame Me from Season 1 of Schmigadoon and all of his comical renditions of that song at his concerts since Season 1 first aired. Thank you so much for listening and continuing to support this podcast. If you're looking for more fun Aaron content, follow along on Instagram at tevading underscore patiently and on TikTok at tevading patiently and hope to have you back here for episode 74.